if you're here with us today for the first time, we are in the middle of a series. I can't really say middle. We're winding down our series on activation. And uh, how many of you could say on some level, in some manner, that the things that have been coming forth have been speaking to you, speaking to where you're at, they're, they're prodding you, they're pushing you, they're inspiring you, they're waking you up, they're, they're getting you off, your, your, off, the, off the bench, they're activating you. Anybody? Anybody? I love it. I love it. It's so good. Well, uh, my name's Jay Duncan. What an incredible honor for those of you here with us today for the first time that I have to, uh, to serve and love this house in the lead capacity. I'm going to pray and we're going to just continue to plow. Father, we're, we're so grateful that you've given us an assignment to not uh, just be people who sit. Lord, you created us to get into the game you created us, Father, with incredible gifts and skills and abilities. You've created us to want to get into the action. You've created us to be people who are not deactivated, but people who are activated, people who are functional, people who are alive, people who are awake. And Father, I'm praying that over this house that we would become even more strategic that every single person here, God, would become even more strategic. Father, that for those that you've placed in very strategic places, like Daniel, like Joseph, like Esther, God, that you would enable and empower and anoint those people assigned to the various sectors of society to be strategic. Father, we pray that today that our hearts and our minds would be in one accord and that they would be submitted to the voice and the ministry of your spirit. We pray that we would hear the voice of your spirit. We pray that we would be activated. We pray for revelation. And God, even as we prayed in service prayer this morning, I'm asking that every person who is here today, that we would all walk away saying, I heard the voice of the living God. Those that need direction, you would bring direction. Those needing counsel, you bring counsel. Those that are facing problems, you bring solutions. Those who have questions, you bring answers. Spirit of the living God, we welcome your ministry. We need it and we want it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, if you hear with us last week, we, we picked up uh, a, a sub, subset of our series. We were talking about four handles of destiny and destiny being what we're all moving towards. Destiny not just being a, 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 a pep rally word, but it really being something that God has put hardwired into every single one of our lives. He has written out our destiny in his book before one of our days ever came to pass. There are things that when we'll stand before God in heaven that he expects us to have accomplished because he anointed us for them and he called us to them and he hardwired those things. He gave us the DNA, the skill sets, the abilities, the resources to accomplish our destiny. And we want to be a people that stand before God and hear his voice, well done, my good and my faithful sons and daughters. And I believe that we will. We are a people who will hear the Father speak that over our lives. When we first began the subset of this, we talked about the fact that destiny is discovered by embracing sovereignty. Last week, and I listen, I, I did not expect that anointing to come on me last week, but I, I believe it is something that the Lord is going to be increasing in terms of giving us very specific charges and a very specific call 
to what our place and our position and our role, our fit, our function. But last week we talked about the fact that destiny is revealed by embracing community. You know, this morning as I was coming downstairs, I ran into a couple of people. And as I was talking with one, uh, one of our uh, new guests that has come, I believe in the past four weeks, and as we were just exchanging some small conversation, he said, yeah, this past Friday, I was, I was at one of our life groups. And then I was talking with another guy, again, passing, passing each other, we're coming down here, and he says, yeah, I, uh, I asked him, are you getting plugged in? He says, yeah, we just joined such and such person's life group. And that just blesses my heart because destiny is revealed when we embrace community. And uh, more on that, you can listen to last week's message. Today, I wanna talk about the fact that destiny is not just discovered, it's not just revealed by these things, but destiny is developed by embracing a life of strategy. Destiny is developed. Your destiny will be developed to the degree that you live strategically. My destiny, our destiny as an organization, as a ministry, as a church, as a people, it will be developed to the degree that we learn how to live more and more strategically. If you go with me in your Bibles, we're gonna, we're gonna go to a number of scriptures this morning, beginning in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter four, and we'll begin in verse six. This is the late apostle Paul who is writing to his young son in the faith. Timothy, a young son that he has passed on the leadership of the church at Ephesus and the stewardship of leadership responsibilities even well beyond that. Many scholars have said that young Timothy was being groomed to be to take over a lot of the apostolic responsibility that, that, that Paul had and that Paul assumed. And I, I see that and I believe that based on what I've read. But in verse six, it says here, I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. The time has come for my departure. Paul's in the latter years of his life. Many believe that uh, many scholars believe that Paul wrote the pastoral epistles, some of them while he was even in prison. He wrote the pastoral epistles and they were all towards the latter years of his life. He's looking back, he's reflecting, he's passing on some of his greatest lessons. And listen to what he says right here in verse seven. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The first point of us learning how to live strategically is learning how to live with the end in mind. And many of you who've been in this house for the past five years, you know this is something we talk about quite often. That in order to live strategically, we can't just live day by day. We can't just live moment to moment. We have to know that there is a strategic end that God is pointing us towards and work from that end all the way back. If you turn with me, if you would, to the book of Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10. Again, following our understanding of biblical worldview, all biblical worldview comes out of the character and the nature of God. We discover our biblical worldview, not from the culture around us, not from the different outlets of information around us. We discover what a true biblical worldview on situations is by beginning in the heart of God and moving out from that, identifying his principles and his values. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, the scripture says, and this is God speaking, I make known 
the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Listen to that phrase there. God is saying, I make known the end from the beginning. See, we have to understand and we have to believe that God is a strategic God. That everything that he does is done on purpose and in process. Many years ago, I preached a series on the life of Joseph and two of the key points that jumped out from the life of Joseph was that every purpose has a process. Every single one of us, we're talking about activation, we're talking about destiny, we're talking about purpose. And we have to understand and truly buy into and believe that if we believe there is a purpose on our life, there will be a process that we walk through in order to fulfill and accomplish that purpose. But secondarily to that, every process has a purpose. Wherever you are right now in your journey, you are in process. I am in process and we as a collective body, we are in process. Some of those processes lead us through some dry times, some monotonous times, mundane times. Some of those, some part of our process leads us through some very difficult times, adverse times. But what we have to have deep in our being is an understanding that every process has a purpose and that we can never fulfill our purpose without walking through a God-ordained process. God is strategic in nature. You know, one of the things that has become, unfortunately, a bad reputation for spirit-filled charismatic people is that we have been characterized as people who do not live strategically. We have been characterized as people who do not live in order, with order. We've been characterized as people who blame our lack of preparation on the Holy Spirit. And that could be a good characterization of us in the sense that I, I have seen that be worked out in many people's lives. And I wanna bring some correction to any of us or to this house that might be living in that manner. God is a strategic God. If we've not done our due diligence to prepare, then let's take ownership of that and say, I did not prepare. I was not ready. We have not done our homework. We have not worked hard to really figure this out and understand that. Let's not blame God and say, well, we're just living by the Holy Spirit. We're just spirit led. Now there are some elements and aspects of following God's spirit where he does lead us into uncertainty. That is true. But everything that God does in leading us is done strategically and we must partner and participate with the leadership of God's spirit and we must do our part and be prepared as well. Are you hearing me this morning? Go with me to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. And this right here is, this is something I want all of our young ones to, our younger ones to pay attention to. Proverbs chapter five. We're gonna begin in verse one of Proverbs chapter five. Again, we're talking about the strategic character and the nature of God and learning how to see the end from the beginning and almost work our way backwards. My son, pay attention to my wisdom and listen well to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge for the lips of an adulteress drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. Look at verse four, but 
in the end. That's what I want to focus on here in these next couple of verses. But in the end, now let's just zoom out and let's put this in the context of the heat and the passion and the fire. Every single one of us knows what that looks like. Those of us who are married, we can think back when we, we were falling in love and boy, I tell you, I was not thinking strategically. Christy and I, we would stay up till four or five o'clock in the morning on the phone. We would do that every night over and over and over again because we were just so, we were just so caught up, our passions, our emotions. Now that, that is, is in the, the context of a relationship that was good and healthy and blessed and ended up being a covenant relationship. But the context here that the author is writing in, he's saying, listen, there is an element of your passion and your soul and your, your emotion. You're being swept into temptation. You're being swept into seduction. And that's not just with another female. That could be with anything in your life. Here's, here's the warning. Here's the wisdom. He says, in the end, she is as bitter as gall. In the end, she is as sharp as a double-edged sword. In other words, pay attention to the things that you're giving your soul to. Pay attention to the things that you're giving your time to. If we truly desire to be activated into fulfilling our destiny, it will require that we look at things that are capturing our soul and capturing our emotions and capturing our attention and capturing our time and asking ourselves, if I continue on this path, what will the end be? What will the end be? You know, many, we referenced this earlier, many people who have fallen in leadership, those bad decisions did not happen overnight. There was an erosion of character that happened little after little after little after little because there was not a stopping to consider the end. If I continue in this conversation, where will this go? If I continue with this habit, what will this produce? If I continue with this lifestyle, what will the end be? You know, the purpose of us living as activated people, I'm gonna just zoom out here. The purposes of, of us living as an activated people is not just so that we can be an activated people. The purpose of, of us fulfilling our destiny, and we talked about this earlier in the series, is not just so that we can experience the pride, the pleasure, and the joy of fulfilling our destiny. It's understanding that we are linked generationally to a destiny that is much bigger than our own. It's understanding that I am a brick in a very big temple. It's understanding that if I don't live my life in the right manner, that there are gonna be those that come after me in, in the form of sons and daughters and grandchildren, in the form of spiritual sons and spiritual daughters and disciples that will be affected by the decisions that I do or don't make. In the end, there are other people that are affected by the way that I, the manner and way in which I live my life. And this requires revelation. This requires the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Let's keep reading here in Proverbs chapter five. I wanna jump down over here to verse seven. Now then my sons, listen to me and do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path I love that in the book of Proverbs, we see paths over and over again. And there is a contrast that the author of Proverbs is making. A path represents a series of decisions that lead to a destination. 
A path represents a habit, a lifestyle that takes us to a prescribed end. And he talks over and over again, this is the path of the foolish and this is the path of the wise and this is the path of the simple and this is the path of the discerning and this is the path of those that follow after wrong associations and this is the path of those that surround themselves in the company of wise and good men. Pay attention to the path to live strategically. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house lest you give your best strength to other and your years to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. Verse 11, and at the end, say at the end. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and your body are spent. At the end, you will groan. One of my favorite things to do when I, when I get to sit in the company of people that have lived longer than myself I always wanna ask them the mistakes that they made, the regrets that they have, and the pitfalls that they fell into. Because if I can avoid those, I don't wanna, at the end, regret and groan. I wasted my time. I could have, I should have done this differently. I remember one morning, Mike Rice came down and we were talking and and he talked with me about the importance. He said, listen, Jade, whatever you do, all this is good, who cares? He says, you need to make sure that you are investing into that marriage and that that marriage is strong because in the end, these wonderful children, they're gonna be gone. In the end, and he just, he was speaking to me as a man and speaking to me as a husband and he was speaking to me out of wisdom and out of experience and letting me know, hey, in 20 years, if you make the right decisions right now, you're still gonna be married. If you make the decisions right now, your marriage is still gonna be strong. You know, statistically, there are many people that end up getting a divorce after their children leave the house because if they could have seen the track record that was happening on the marital level, they would have identified that we don't know each other anymore, that children and life and work and busyness have pulled us away so much that we don't even have a relationship with each other. And someday, these children that our lives have revolved around, and someday, these children who we've gained an identity out of, they will be gone and we will be left with each other. That's learning how to see the end. And you can apply this to your business and to your finances and to your marriage and to your children. I think very often about when Milan is gonna be 16, when she's gonna be 18. I'm thinking now, where, where will they go to school? I'm thinking now, what kind of decisions do they need to be making right now to prepare them for the pressure that they're gonna to face to be swept up into the culture of dating, into the culture of promiscuity, into the culture of rebellion. I'm thinking now, what do I need to do now because of the strategic end that I want her to be living at, that I want my sons to be living at? And that requires us to truly seek God. Earlier in our series, we talked about the power of vision. Vision is a strategic component of how to live life. Without vision, scripture says that God's people are destroyed. And why is that? Because it is that strategic end that helps guide and direct our decisions on a daily basis. It helps move us in the right direction. It keeps us from being aimless. It keeps us from wandering. It keeps us from being swept into the seductress. And the seductress could represent many things in our lives. Point number two, limitations help us develop a strategic lifestyle. I wanna just break this down a little bit. This isn't something that we think of on a regular basis. 
God has placed limitations on each of us. We might be made in the image of God, but we don't have the, ca- the capacity of God. There's limitations on our time. There's limitations on our gift mixes. There's limitations on our ability. And the older that we get, there's limitations that are put even on our energy levels. Limitations are a part of learning how to live strategically. How many of you have faced a problem, have faced a situation and ran into a limitation and that very limitation actually activated something inside of you to learn how to work with that limitation and even break beyond that limitation? Next week, we're gonna talk about the fourth component of living in our destiny is learning how to see problems as opportunities. You and I will never be activated into destiny if we don't learn how to see problems accurately. And we'll talk about that next week. But we have to understand that there are limitations that are placed on all of us and that those limitations have a purpose. Some of those limitations are designed to help us and some of those limitations are designed to grow us and to break through them. Do not resent your limitations. Do not resent your limitations. Embrace them and allow them to drive you and draw you closer to God. You know, the Apostle Paul referenced this when he said that there was a thorn in his flesh that was given unto him to buffet him and to keep him from exalting himself and becoming proud. He was recognizing that there were certain God-given limitations that were placed upon his life that were given to him strategically to help his influence go further. Limitations demand that we learn how to live strategically. In the book of Matthew, chapter 25, you can write this down for your notes or you can turn there with me, but beginning in verse 14 of Matthew 25, one of my all-time favorite parables that Jesus tells is the parable of the talents. So many biblical principles and core values, so many, so many kingdom uh, cultural ideas that are inherent within this particular parable. But in Matthew 25, 14, we see the story of a king who gives out talents to three different guys. One receives five, and one two, and one one. The guy received five comes back to the master and he says, I've taken the five that you've given to me and I've multiplied them. I worked within the realm of my limitation and I made what you gave me better. I took what you gave me and I took it further. Learning how to live strategically is not complaining about what we don't have. It's learning how to tap into the wisdom of God for what we do have. You know, a wise person can stretch a dollar way further than a foolish person can. One of the important things that I'm trying to instill into our children, trying to instill this into our lives, of even even how we go about with saving money, how we go about managing and stewarding money, learning how to teach them. I remember one time we went to a gas station, Milan had a dollar. And uh, some of you may have read this on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, but my daughter said, I want to save my money to buy a horse. And so she said, you know, Anna and Grace told me that a horse costs $5,000. So I'm going to start saving my money. And I, I said, well, let's just find out how much a horse costs. And I jumped online. I said, well, you know, and the first thing, the first ad that I saw was $15,000. And I said, I said, um, well, babe, a horse actually costs $15,000. She says, great, I'm gonna start saving $15,000 for my horse. And she says, and then I'm gonna buy Rio too because it's cheaper. <laughs> well, hey, she's get, I guess she's getting her priorities in order. She's like, I really want the horse, so I'm gonna start saving my money there. And, but I remember we walked into a gas station one time, she had a dollar in her hand, and she saw, um, she saw these uh, lollipops. 
and she said, she said, I want to use my dollar to buy these lollipops. I said, all right, you can do that. But, and at that time, it was a different thing she was saving for. I said, but if you use your dollar to save, to buy this lollipop now, then you will not have that dollar for your American doll later. And so she sat there and man, you could, you could, you could literally see the battle inside of her. It was amazing. It was amazing to watch. I sat there and watched her and she picked those lollipops up and she was smelling them. And she's like, oh. she goes, dad, I really want these lollipops right now. I said, I understand. I understand. They look very good. They're tasty. They're sweet. And they'd be really good for right now. And they would last you five minutes. And after those lollipops are eaten, they'll be gone. I said, or you could forego the pleasure of these lollipops now and you could get what you're saving for. You could hold on to it for later. And guys, we sat in this gas station for 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. And she took, those, she took those lollipops and she brought them up to the counter and then she turned around and went 20 minutes. And finally she said, she said, I'm gonna save my money. And she didn't say this, but she's, I'm gonna live strategically. I'm gonna forgo the pleasure of a moment so that I can have something that I can't see, that I can't touch, at this moment, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wait. And guys, this is what these guys are talking about here in Matthew 25. These guys take their talents and they're not just spending them on themselves. They're not just wasting them in the moment, but they're, they're taking these things and they're multiplying them. They're making them go further. They're making them last. They're making them go beyond their limitations. Limitations are an important part of learning how to live strategically. Psalm 90 verse 12 says it this way. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. This is a very, very important passage of scripture as it relates to learning how to live strategically. Let's break this down here. Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us. Implication number one there is that we don't know. We don't know. God, I don't know how to live strategically. I don't know what your prescribed end is for me. I don't know what I really should be focusing on every day. When I get into a particular project, I need the wisdom of God to know how to do that in a particular sequence that will provide the most results. And if I get things out of sequence, how many of you know that if you do something out of sequence, you waste time? Isn't that right? I think, I, I think it was Joe. I was, I was, Joe was giving me a ride to the airport on Wednesday and we were talking about the power of recognizing your window, particularly as it relates to training kids. And he gave me this brilliant example. He said, you know, I believe that there are certain lessons and there is a timing and a season for those lessons to get deposited in the heart of a child. And if you miss that window, Carmen says it like this, it's like credit card parenting. What happens is you almost go into debt and it begins to compound, like the interest begins to compound. There is a window in my children's heart, in your children's heart. There's a window in your employee's heart. There's a window in your associate's heart that you need to speak into the matter at that time. And if you miss that time, a number of things can happen. Their heart becomes hard or, or um, the rebellion of their heart gets deeper or other things happen in their life that cause them to become more resistant to the wisdom that was designed for that season. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? There is a window of time. And how many of you can say, I know the window of time for every lesson that I must give to every person that God has assigned me to for every situation? None of us can say that. We must have God's wisdom. Teach us to number our days. 
here we're talking about limitations. Limitations. The number of our days on earth is limited. The number of time, the, the number of days that you have with certain people in your life, it's limited. The number of hours that we have to work with, it's limited. And all of these limitations, God has actually prescribed to force us to press into him and say, I must have your wisdom. I must know what the big rocks are that I've got to put into the jar before I put all the small rocks in and I don't hit those priorities. Learning how to live strategically teaches us how to prioritize. There are priorities in your life, in my life, Now, I don't know about you, but as far as my life goes, if I don't sit down at the beginning of the week, at the beginning of the month, and if I don't tell my time where to go, and if I don't say on these nights, I am gonna spend time with my wife, and on these nights, I am gonna spend time with my family. If I don't do that at the beginning of the month, the vacuum of time will be filled. And there will always be good opportunities, whatever that may be, spending time with friends or working on a hobby or or studying or researching or doing work around the house. All those things are good things, but they are not the biggest rock that needs to go in the jar. And if I don't tell that time where to go in the beginning, I will lose that valuable time with the most important thing, the most important thing. So we have to begin asking God, God, show me the priorities of my life. Show me what season I'm in. Show me the window of time that I'm in. Show me that if I don't get these things down into the bedrock of my life, show me how difficult it will be later. Show me that if I don't get these lessons into my worldview, show me what lessons I need to be learning right now. This is one of the reasons why as, as I interact with Pastor Dan, Pastor David, and, and, and we're developing our, our, our biblical ethic, our biblical worldview, even as it relates to dating, I'm reminded in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, the scripture says, do not awaken love before it's time. Do not awaken love before it's time. When I was in college, before I, I, uh, before I really uh, got my life and my act together, there was a young gal that I was showing interest in and uh, she and I went out on a, on a date and, and man, my, my heart was excited and her heart was excited. And, and uh, about a couple of weeks later, we, we got together again and she said, she said, Jade, I just, I need to talk with you. And we got together and I said, yeah, well, you know, what's going on? And she said, I, I had a great talk with my dad. She was a freshman, I was a sophomore in college. She said, and my dad just helped me to understand and see that this isn't the time and this isn't the season for me to be pouring all of my heart and emotions into a relationship because there are other things for this season that are more important for me to get. Those of you guys who are still single, those of you guys who are still in high school, those of you who are still in college, I hope that you're hearing this. I hope that you hear in these next few minutes that I wasted thousands of hours of time that were fruitless and that I can never get back. Thousands of hours, hundreds of hours, giving my heart away, spending time with all these girls and really in the end, hurting their hearts and hurting mine. And in the end, none of those was this woman right here. And in the end, I I am not talking with any of those girls anymore. It was wasted time. Are you hearing me this morning? Don't awaken love before it's time. Why is that? 
Why is that? Because if you do, it will steal something from you. It will keep you from living strategically. It will distract you from the targets that are in front of you at this season of your life. You must have wisdom. If you read through the book of Proverbs, which my mom started having me read through the book of Proverbs at a young, 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 young age, one of the things that you'll hear over and over and over again, and please listen to me. This is what the author of Proverbs says. Listen, my sons, over and over and over again. Because the author of Proverbs is writing now, again, writing, looking backwards and saying, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help save you. You don't have to make all of these mistakes on your own. And listen, the gravitational pull in your heart to do the things that feed your flesh, they are real, they are powerful, and they are enjoyable. They are pleasurable. If they were not, why would we keep doing them? But learning to live strategically is learning how to see by the eyes of heaven. These things are the most important and these things will steal and they will not produce fruit. I am appealing to you, sons and daughters. I'm appealing to you, sons and daughters. I'm appealing to you, moms and dads. Train your children to see the end from the beginning. Ask them what they want their graduation to look like. Ask them what they want their marriage to look like. Out of 10 years of working with youth and young adults, I, I, I literally, I've sat back and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm losing the battle of, because I'm trying to train these children how to see the end from the beginning. And then you get young 17-year-old girls that are, that, that, are, that are giving their hearts over to young 21-year-old knuckleheads who don't have a job, who aren't doing anything. And then I go and I say, listen, this is wrong. And they'll say, but my dad said it's okay. Some of those same people who have children today are no longer married. And listen, that is no, please hear my heart. That is no indictment, that is no condemnation. If you've made a mistake, experience the grace and the redemptive power of God. I'm not talking about what was. I'm talking about from this day forward, how will we train our children to live strategically? How will we train our children to think about the future and to make decisions now that will produce maximum fruit later? The scripture speaks in Proverbs chapter six. He says, look at the ant, you sluggard and learn and be wise. Scriptures in Proverbs talk about a man who was walking down. He says, it is shameful for a son to not, to not plow and to not, to not plow in the time of plowing because they will not reap in the time of harvest. You know what we're talking about here? We're talking about living strategically and identifying that there is a time that has an objective attached to it. Every one of us, whether you're in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, right now at 36, celebrating 37, I always get so introspective and reflective around my birthday, but I start thinking, where am I? Where am I? Where am I going? What do I wanna do? Where do I wanna be? Are the decisions I'm making now leading me there? And wherever you are, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, some of you are in the legacy season of your life. Some of, you, some of you are not in the phase where it's time for you to be the man. It's time for you to be raising sons and daughters. It's time for you to distribute wisdom. It's time for you to pull other people behind you up because that is the target objective on the season of your life. That is how you will live strategically. And let me close by saying this in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 9. I just wanna, I just wanna drop this in your lap to think about. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, the scripture, let me just, just read this together. Such a powerful scripture here. 
And let me tie this back to our mission. We will never see transformation without learning how to live strategically. Even as a church, there are strategic assignments that we have in the city. You know, many people have come to me and they've said, well, well why, why aren't we doing X, Y, and Z? Why aren't we, why aren't we you know, doing all these outreaches? And, and, I, and, I, and I tell them, I explain to them, listen, because it, ha- it has not been our time up until now. It is our time now. But the first two years in 2010, 2011, we were just trying to get the, we were just trying to get people on the boat. We were trying to repair the boat. We were trying to, you know, place, place, all, you know, fill up all the holes in the boat. Last year, when we devoted so much time to getting our life group structure in place, that was important. Imagine a house where hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are coming in to know, to, you know, to know Christ and we don't have a support structure to father them and mother them and disciple them, mentor them, train them. We've lost them because we've been out of sequence and the objective for that season would have been missed. The objective for the next season is for us to reach our city and for us to continue to raise up disciplers and for us to continue to raise up strong life groups, nets, nets of discipleship, nets of care, nets of training, 1 Corinthians chapter nine, as we close verse 24, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize for everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training and they do it to get a crown. Think about this, the end. They're seeing the end. You talk with any great sports person, they are always seeing the end. You talk with any Olympian, they are, they are seeing themselves on those blocks with the gold around their neck. And that is what guides and guards and governs their decisions. They've seen the end. They're living strategically. I can't eat that because I've seen the end. I can't go there because I've seen the end. I can't hang, I can't go to sleep that late because I've seen the end. Their daily decisions are driven by the strategic nature of the end that has been revealed to them. They do it to get a crown that will not last. We do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly, wandering. I do not fight like a man beating the air. I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Here we're talking about discipline. To live strategically requires discipline. It requires us doing the right thing at the right time. It requires us doing what we should when we should. And listen, I'm not speaking from the place of an expert. I'm speaking as a fellow traveler with you. I'm speaking from the position of one who's saying, God, continue to teach me discipline in every arena of my life-giving discipline that empowers me to live strategically because we have a kingdom cause because there are people that need to be rescued from bondage, because there are families that need to be restored, because there are runaway homeless teens that need to be fathered, because there's dignity that needs to be placed upon our city, because there are projects, because the dignity of work needs to be restored back to people who've lost that. That is in front of us, Antioch. That is our assignment. That is what we must give our lives to, but it requires discipline to live strategically. Are you hearing me this morning? Let's stand to our feet this morning. So love you guys. Father, help us to live strategically. Help us to see the end from the beginning. Awaken something inside of us. Lord, I know, I know, I know, I know how 
how much discipline, how much focus it takes for us to live this way, but there is a rest inside of you. God, I'm asking that even right now that no one in this room would hear anything that would elicit a religious sense of striving inside of us. I break that off. And Father, we say let there, there is now therefore no condemnation. God, I don't feel any condemnation when I look back and realize I could have done things in a more strategic or disciplined manner. What I do hear is the invitation to come up higher. I hear from you, God, the invitation to say, son, come of my yoke and learn from me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And God, that is what we want. Father, for our fathers and mothers, I'm asking for a download of heaven. I'm asking that you literally lay out a strategic plan for our fathers and mothers. A strategic plan that gives them keys to unlock the heart of their children. A strategic plan that would put them across the right resources that would help instruct them in their primary assignment to raise up future generations and to train sons and daughters who are oaks of righteousness and prepare to be shot out as arrows into the earth. Would you do that today, God? God, I'm asking that even, even, even tonight, even this week, Lord, as we cut away time and we, we, we chart time to spend with you, I'm asking you would download plans download strategic plans for families and strategic plans for marriages. I'm asking that you would download strategic plans for our lives and for our businesses. I'm asking that you would download a clearer strategic plan even for the future of Antioch Church, that you would make it so abundantly clear that the people who see it may run with it. Father, we want to live like you live and you are strategic. You see the end from the beginning and that's what we desire. I pray for every business person here in this room. Lord, even flying in the air last night, I was thinking about how many small businesses and business owners that you have planted in this house. And I know that that's not by accident. I, God, if you're here and you're a business owner or you're business in, in the business realm, just throw your hand up. I wanna bless, I wanna pray for you. God, give these men and women strategy. Give them strategy. Give them plans. Help them see the end from the beginning. Give them the right sequence, the right priorities, the right patterns. God, anoint these business leaders to engage with the right people at the right time. Father, take them to a higher level of productivity and profitability. Take them to help them understand the models that they are creating and the models that they're working. Give them the ability to look back on a thing and, and recognize with revelation things that they could have and should have done in a different manner. Father, we bless our business leaders, our business owners, our business workers. Father, those that are in the classroom, in the schools, I pray, anoint them. Anoint them to see the end from the beginning. Anoint them to teach strategically. Anoint them to lead their classrooms in a strategic manner. Those that deal with outreach, those that deal with community services and transformation, God, I pray, anoint them. Give them the keys. Give them the keys, God. And Father, we declare that we will, we will not just live step by step, we will take step by step, but we are moving in a strategic direction in our lives. And may every, God, I, I bless this house, may every one of us at the end of our days look back and may we truly say and surely say, I lived my life in a strategic manner. I was activated unto my destiny that fits into the grand eternal strategy of heaven to continue to advance God's kingdom on earth. It is our joy and it is our honor. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. And may God bless you, church. You have something to say.